Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of Real Wives in Radio. Radio. <laughs> if you notice, that is not Tanya's voice. Uh, Tanya is still on maternity leave. I'm Dorothy Tran, and uh, that voice you're hearing is my best friend, Mal Hall. What's up, everybody? I'm Mal Hall. I'm a comedian, definitely not a wife. I'm a man. <laughs> Your husband? Well, you will be a husband sooner or later. Your husband. Yeah. There you go. It still counts. It still counts. Uh, so Mel's going to be joining me today. We're going to talk to him about being a, a comedian uh, at nighttime and then being a stay-at-home dad during the day and just get into some gender role reversals, how that has affected him, uh, his perception on life, and him and his baby boy. But before we get to all of that... I want to bring something back that we haven't done in a minute. We haven't done this in a minute. This is our first time, but we haven't done this in a, such a long time. <laughs> well, Tanya and I haven't done it in a minute, but it's called the pop-off. <laughs> a lot of production on this podcast. I know. We did have, you know, I should find it. I don't know where it is. We haven't done it in a while, but we used to have that imaging piece. Anyways, this is where we bring you the three biggest pop culture stories from the week, and we just break them down. So let's start with the Oscars being so white. Whoa. The Oscar nominations just came out again. And last year, they kind of made up for it in the previous years where they didn't nominate any people of color, any minorities. No women were nominated right. in the big, big, big like director, mm-hmm. screenplay, that type of deal. And this year... It kind of happened again. Um, there are no women who have been nominated for Best Director, which is crazy. Uh, the only person or the only two people who aren't white that are nominated for Best Actor and Actress, Supporting Actor, Supporting Actress, is Antonio Banderas. He's nominated for Best Actor. And Cynthia uh, er- Erivo is nominated as Best Actress for Harriet. Nobody else. No uh, other minorities. Um, what, what minorities should have been up for... Uh, people are saying Jennifer Lopez has gotten snubbed for her role in Hustlers. Uh, okay. She's been nominated for a Golden Globe uh, Critics' Choice Award for Best Supporting Actress in that. Um, a lot of people are saying, why hasn't Lupita Nyong'o been nominated or recognized for her work in Us? Because she played two different characters. Very, very excellent uh, oh, when she was doing that. Uh, but Scarlett Johansson, on the other hand, is nominated for two Oscars, one for Best Supporting Actress and Best Actress for two different movies. So there's a bit of an imbalance there. Right, right, right. I mean, this is I mean, this is just one of those things where it's like I mean, it's going to take a while for it takes a while for change to happen and so you know, the academy has sort of nominated just white people. It's been, you know, white people for as long as they've been having these awards, you know? Like there was a time where they didn't allow black actors but the white people put on blackface and played the role of the black people like and of the Asian people it's just like one of those things where it's slowly I feel like has to the more and more we voice our displeasure with it yeah like the the you know 
like the more they'll have they'll be forced to change. Yeah, but it's up to people to not watch the show. Uh, yeah, you're right about that. Uh, I mean, like Aquafina had won that Golden Globe for Best Actress for her role in the movie The Farewell, mm-hmm. which was on all Asian cast as well. She didn't get one nomination. That movie got zero love in the Oscars. Oh, wow. So it's, it's yeah, things have to I don't to watch the Oscars, though. I don't understand people that have Oscar parties. This is like, like, I mean... It's like a just a. Uh, it's like having a talent show, award show for people <laughs> yeah. that you don't know, yeah. but you dress up and take it serious. It's like, why do you care who yeah. wins? Like let, let best, like make believe. Like that's all they are. <laughs> There's a bunch of adults that are playing make believe, and we decide that they're cool. Yeah. So let me ask you this: of the movies that have been nominated for best picture, I'm going to name them off to you. You tell me if you know any of these movies or if you've seen them. Okay. okay. Uh, best picture: Ford versus Ferrari. I've seen the previews. Okay, The Irishman. Uh, I've also watched a preview on Netflix. Yeah. Oh, the movie's so long, by the way. I started yeah, to try to watch it. Yeah, four hours of life <laughs> to know. give to a movie, man? I don't like watching <laughs> movies in two pieces either. And this thing is, that's why I haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because the movie is three and a half hours long. It's like, I don't have the time. The Irishman, I've been watching like little bits every night before I go to bed. It's been five days, and I'm not even halfway through the movie. Because every time you pick it up, you have to be like, okay, rewind 10 minutes so I can get <laughs> yeah, the flow yeah, of like, yeah, what was happening. Exactly. It's like, what are you doing? Uh, Jojo Rabbit is up for Best Picture as well. Don't know what that is. Uh, that one's uh, Taika Waititi, the New Zealand director. Mm-hmm. supposed to be really funny. Yeah. That's on my list to watch. The Joker? Nope. Just saw the previous. Little Women? Nope. Marriage saw- Story? My mom watched it and she said it was trash. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Mary Hall said it was yeah, trash? Yeah, that's on Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She watched okay. it. She said, do not watch that movie. Oh, that's it's up for trash. A, that's up for a bunch of nominations. That's what Scarlett Johansson is, is nominated yeah. for Best Actress for. Yeah. Uh, 1917. No, it looks like, I haven't seen the movie. It just looks like the guy's running a lot mm-hmm. from the preview. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, we mentioned, and then Parasite. It's a Korean movie. Oh, uh, yeah. I haven't, no. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Uh, all I know is that it's a Korean movie. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oscar's so white, it is. Yeah. Another big story that happened over the past week was the fact that Prince Harry and Meghan Markle broke up with the royal family. I did hear about this. I didn't know you could break up with your family. I didn't know that either. <laughs> I thought you were just stuck with them. Yeah, they shocked the world and even the royal family, the queen them, uh, herself, when they gave her a 10-minute notice. They said, hey, we're going to put this press release out in 10 minutes. Minutes, do with it what you want. Yo, we're not part of the. We're leaving the family in ten minutes. Yeah. Just, you know what I mean. Uh, enjoy bold. all the memories of us being in this family, because the memories going forward are going to be us not in this family. Right? Like that is so bold. What? Like why? What's like the? So uh, they say they want to split their time between North America, which everybody believes they're going to live in Canada, uh, and the UK, just to raise their family to stay out of the spotlight. She's been treated. To Super rough Is in the British Canadian? tabloids. She's American. She's born and raised in LA, actually. Oh. Meghan Markle. Oh, but she's like. But she's got ties there. She filmed her show suits out in uh, Vancouver okay. a lot in Toronto, I believe. Uh, and I think they just like the privacy that they can get there. They want to raise their son normal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's not like Prince Harry is going to be king any anyway. So right, is he's like eighth or ninth in in line to for the throne? I think behind yeah. like a bunch of people. I um I don't know much about this. All I know is that um I like I've heard that she's getting a lot of flack 
just for being black, basically. Yeah. Like pe- a lot of people, like the royal family, it's just another white thing. Sorry, white listeners, but it's like, <laughs> you know, that family has, it's, it, they've been white for hundreds of years. Right. I mean, the queen looks like she's been around for two hundreds of those years and she's been white the whole time. She's 93 family, years old, dude. She, she's but, old. She's, <laughs> she's, she's almost a century. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, I get it. You know, no one wants to wake up every morning and open up the paper or turn on the TV or the radio and hear something negative about yourself hey. when, you know, you didn't ask for that. You mm-hmm. just love this dude. And so you guys are together. It's, you know, so I, yeah. I get it. There was a BuzzFeed article where it was like 20 different headlines where they the British press was praising Kate Middleton for doing they something. They love her. They love her. And then uh, the exact same thing that she was doing, Meghan Markle would do, and they would just dog her out on it. For real. Yeah. Like, it was pretty bad. <laughs> Look at Kate Middleton fe- feeding these starving children. And then the same picture of Meghan Markle. Look at Meghan Markle eating this food in front of starving <laughs> children. <laughs> so rude, right? So rude. That's wild. I know, but I say good for them. Good for you know? them, man. Good for Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. I mean, they have. I mean, they have money. They could fly back for whatever important royal right, parties right, they have, right. and you know, be a part of it from afar. They don't have to. Yeah, because that's the other thing is that they're going to become financially independent yeah. from the royal family, so they're not taking any taxpayer money or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You awesome. Know? Yeah. Good for them. It is time for Harvey Weinstein to face the music. Uh-oh. The jury selection has started uh, in his trial. We all know what a sexual predator he has been accused of doing. Which you know, I tend to believe the women. Yeah. Um, but he's having his his trial selection happening uh, in New York right now, and then in light of that, he's also been charged with more rapes, more crimes in L.A. So it's it's happening. Good. Yeah. Good. I, I agree. Um, and the thing that I have a problem with this though is, have you noticed if you've seen Harvey Weinstein lately, they're making him look like a weak little old man because he had back surgery, so he's in a walker. Like I think they're trying to get people to sympathize. Like, oh, this, look at this old man. That can't possibly be happening. Yeah, there's a very, very small select group of people that would sympathize with a monster like that. Right. Like. If you sympathize with Harvey Weinstein, you need to take a long mm-hmm. look in the mirror and then punch yourself in the face after because you're a terrible <laughs> person. But well, what gets me is that people, R. Kelly's fans, are still sympathizing with him. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't, the R. Kelly thing, that's a weird culture thing, I feel like. You know what I mean? It's like black people, unfortunately, just feel like they have to wrap their arms around whoever. They're like the black celebrities are, regardless of what they do. That's why there's people that still shout from the rooftops that um, Bill Cosby is innocent, just mm-hmm. because they feel like they have to ride for that. And it's right. like, that's sad to me. It's very sad. And, and speaking of R. Kelly, one of his girlfriends has finally escaped that whole crazy mess that it is. Her name is uh, Azrael Clary. If you watch Surviving R. Kelly, the documentary, her parents were featured strongly in it. They were trying to get her home, trying to get her out. Uh, 
R. Kelly got to her when she was young uh, and pretty much isolated her from her family, what a lot of sexual predators do. Right. And she and his other girlfriends, Joycelyn Savage, got into a huge fight. It was on Instagram Live. Instagram Live. Uh, Joycelyn has been charged uh, with assault and Azrael is shouting, hey, you know, I'm going to charge you. I'm going to tell the cops that you had sex with me when I was a minor because R. Kelly would ha- make them have threesomes. Right. So it, his days come in too. Yeah, that's, I mean, I don't understand just like how R. Kelly, that's a that's another one that like a part of me wants to feel sorry for him because he's probably just, he was probably abused as a child and, yeah. you know, now he's perpetuating that same sort of evil and mm-hmm. violence and just, you know, uh, you know, way of life on these poor girls. But, dude, I can't, you can't. He's a monster and yeah. he deserves what's coming to him. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on that. Uh, he has a trial coming up on April 27th in Chicago and then his federal trial is coming up in May 18th. R. Kelly has been locked up, so I don't think he'll be getting out anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. That's good for all of your young daughters out there. Right? Uh, and that wraps up your pop-off. <laughs> The pop off. Yeah. I'm gonna hire you just to do that now. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about you. Uh, if you guys don't know, Mal has been one of my best friends for over over a decade. Over a decade, yeah. Um, Mal, why don't you tell everybody how we became friends? Um, I don't know exactly how we became friends. I know that we met each other in radio, um, interning at Channel 933. Um, I think I was 19 or 20, mm-hmm. and you were... I was 19. You were 19, and we both interned for like a minute together, and then they upgraded you to promotions lead, which was like a bad idea. <laughs> no, it wasn't! It was terrible. They did not They did not think that through to give a 19-year-old Dorothy uh-uh. Tran uh-uh. authority over interns that were older than her just hey i mean i i made sure that i ran my events like a boss all right <laughs> sure you did uh, but uh, i think that's where our friendship began and um you know it it en- endured the ups and downs and the and the the long windy road that friendship is and you know fast forward to whatever two years ago how long have you been married yeah, I think so. Two years ago, I'm wearing a pink suit and standing <laughs> on the girl's side with all of your sisters. So, that I mean, we're is tight. right. And now we have babies at the same time. At the same time. Um, not together, not- which is confused sometimes <laughs> with people in this building. <laughs> that was so embarrassing. Somebody thought that Dorothy and I had, had a baby together when we have two separate babies. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Kalino is two months older than Buck. Uh, Kalino is seven months, going on eight, right? Yeah. That's yeah, he'll crazy. be eight months on the first. Can you believe how, how how fast the time has flown by with our babies? It's, no, you can't. And everybody, every parent will tell you that. Like, it goes by so fast, and it's one of these things where it's impossible for you to understand exactly what that means until you're in the situation. Like, I feel like he was born a couple of months ago Mm -hmm. and fast forward like you know now he's crawling he's standing up on things the dude has six teeth and a mustache so it's like (laughs) Uh, let's be real he was born with a mustache he was born with a mustache that is your son (laughs) Um, but yeah it's it's wild man that we both have kids and and that they're growing up so fast and I can't you know wait which it'll be here tomorrow when they're running around like getting into trouble together they first 
I think for the first time, kind of acknowledged and recognized each other the other night at your house when yeah. they were, uh, Kalina was crawling around and Buck was on tummy time mm-hmm. and Kalina went to go and kind of reach for, for Buck and then Buck was like talking to him, yeah. babbling, baby talking. And I was like, oh my God, this is the sweetest thing. <laughs> Started crying. I know. <laughs> um, I know. Yeah, it is, it is crazy because they... Um, around like five months, they start to recognize that little like little kids are different from the adults, right? And I feel like they're drawn to the other little kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so um, yeah, it's just it's funny to see. Yeah, it definitely is. And I mean, during the day, you are the stay-at-home parent. You're the stay-at-home dad. Yeah. Uh, how has that affected you guys in your relationship? Do you think it has a lot? Because generally, people think of, of a stay-at-home parent as being the stay-at-home mom. Right. You know? Um, it hasn't affected our relationship at all, in, in my opinion. I think it's. I think we've. Uh, I think we're lucky that I work at night um, because the the transition has been smooth for us like Carlene works a nine-to-five and uh, we haven't had to even think about childcare because like I'm gonna be home with him so right. like number one we're saving a ton of money number two I get to spend all this quality time with him and, and watch him as he as he you know grows and develops and <laughs> that's him he's talking making a right funny now. noise <laughs> uh, and so yeah it's it's been great it's you know it's it's a uh, I definitely have respect for like single parents that have multiple kids yeah. you know because my job is you know relatively easy and but it's it is difficult yeah it's you know that's what I was gonna <laughs> ask like, like is that is it I mean it's super fun to be able to bond and have that time with your son but even when I was on maternity leave and I was at home with Buck like all day it gets it wears on you a little bit you know like is that is it tough for you to be a stay at home dad. I mean the tough yeah I mean yes yes I mean it, it's hard the thing that's hard is finding time to do the stuff that I would normally do in the day which is you know research things for jokes write emails like edit videos um just like all of my personal selfish stuff I sort of have to like find the time when he's napping or you know or what I've been doing, which is like create a, a like a to do list. I'm mm-hmm, getting better at mm-hmm. doing to do lists. And then when Carlene comes home from work and we you know finish dinner and put him down, like my time to work is really from like 7:30 until whenever I finish. Like last night, 7:30 until like 2:15, and then Oof. I go to sleep, and then I'm up at whatever 8:30, 8 8:30 whenever Carlene leaves for work. Then I'm back on the clock with him. Yeah, and I try to catch up on sleep when he's sleeping, but. Um, because that's like the number one piece of advice that every parent will tell you. <laughs> sleep when the baby sleeps, and that's the hardest thing for you to do. Right. Do you have to force yourself? You have to, to do force it. yourself. Um, and so yeah, I've been trying to be better at that, but you know, you make it work. Thanks for listening to the 80s through today on Kixie 96.5. When you're ready to get your country on, KSON is putting you on the road to Stagecoach eight times every weekday. Thanks to your San Diego County Toyota dealers and Cox Communications. Sign up at KSON.com. A lot of the times, I mean, I've seen stay-at-home dads struggle with being that role. It's, you know, the gender role reversal. Yeah. Is that something you struggle with? You mean, like, feeling emasculated? Yeah. No. I mean, 
I wore a pink suit at your wedding. <laughs> like, I don't, yeah. I'm like, I'm a different, I think you would agree. Like, I'm a different kind of dude. Like, I love all kinds of guy stuff, but I'm also just like raised by a single mom. I have a ton of girlfriends. Like, I've, like, I don't see, like, I don't see a, a clear black and white line with like the, the gender roles. I think when you're a parent, like, you're, Kalino okay. agrees with you. <laughs> Can you hear him on the <laughs> yeah, mic? Yeah, <laughs> I think when you're a parent, like, as a team, you have one job, which is, like, keep your kids safe and happy and loved. And so there's no, like, gender role for that. Yeah. Um, it's a very, it's a very, like, old-timey thing to say, which is, like, the man goes out and makes some money, and then the right. woman comes home, like, stays at home and takes care of the kids. And like, cooks and cleans. And cooks and cleans. Right. Yeah, it's 2020. You know, stuff is different. You know, women are allowed to vote and speak their minds now. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> also, men are allowed to go get Manny Petties and still be straight <laughs> if they want. Uh, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like totally. I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel uh, emasculated at all. I feel lucky because I get to spend more time with my son than most parents get to right. nowadays because nowadays you know both parents have to work normally both both parents have a day job so they're dropping their kid off in the morning going to work for nine eight nine hours mm -hmm. and you get to see your kid for what from six until they go to bed seven thirty eight two yeah. hours and then two hours in the morning maybe and then just the weekends you're right. basically divorced from your kid it's like which sucks yeah it's it's hard so i feel lucky know? i don't feel any mm -mm. what advice would you give to other single parents or stay-at-home parents, I should say. Um, enjoy it. Use that time. I would say use the time to like make that time at home with your kid like count for you. Like it's been great for me because before Kalino, I would just sit at my computer and stare at the computer and work all day. Right now that I have him, it's like. I feel a responsibility to take him out so he can see things and learn because, you know, they're visual learners at this point. And so it's like, I'll go on walks, go to the zoo, like meet up with other stay-at-home parents, just me and the moms, you know what I mean? Go to the <laughs> yeah. park, go to the park. With your yoga pants. <laughs> yeah. We get our yoga pants and our lattes and we just go on walks and have talks, you know, spill the tea. And... Um, yeah, it's uh, enjoy the time because most people don't get to don't get to do stuff in the day. Like, yeah, I get to run errands in the daytime that most people wish they could. Like, have you seen Costco in the middle of the day on a Tuesday? Dude, it's empty, dude. It's <laughs> you and old people. Dude. Yeah, it's, it's you just, and the queen. You know, like ninety three year old exactly. people. Exactly, <laughs> it's just you and old people are trying to get exercise. Right? Um, yeah, like all that stuff I get to do, and it's all new, fun, and exciting for him. So it's, yeah, I would say enjoy the time and like maximize it. Yeah, because I, I, it is hard. I've seen I've seen stay at home dads struggle with that to the point where it's almost like they're depressed, and it right. sucks because it, it doesn't do anything for them, and their child's not benefiting from it. Yeah, you know? I'm like I said, it's a very it's a cultural thing, and it's a very sort of old school thing. Like I went on a walk earlier this week, and we we met some couples in our birthing class. So our babies are like a month apart, and so we went on a walk. It was me and this other family, the the husband the husband and the wife, and the husband is from Africa, and he said like this is such culture shock for him being a being a dad that's involved. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I think, I mean, I don't know when most dads think their job starts but like I don't know I think it starts you know 
at this like at the beginning the moment the, beginning. the baby comes out yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah before the baby comes out you're doing right. all the same prep you know but he said in culturally in africa like they do it in whatever country he's from they do it um like raising your baby is in seven year stages. So from zero until really? seven, yeah, from zero until seven, the man has nothing to do with the baby. He said, from zero to seven, that's none of my business. Well, like he doesn't feed the baby, he doesn't he change doesn't, the diapers, no. he, he doesn't put the baby to sleep. Sees the baby when he wants to, but outside of that, it's like the, the school of the mother from zero until seven. The mom gives all the nourishing, all the teaching, and then from seven until 14, it's um, the the street school, which is like when the kid's in school, whatever he learns, he brings mm-hmm, home mm-hmm. and asks his mom, I heard this, is this true? And then the mom helps with that. And then from 14 until 21, that's dad's, that's when that's the dad, when dad steps comes. in and that's dad's school where he teaches the kid everything that he knows. And then from 21 to 28, that's like, I guess like you learn on your own and then also as a dad that's when he's learning from the elders and then from you know 28 to 35 is when he's now giving learning elder knowledge and then passing that to his family it's like a very weird thing but that's he said so crazy yeah he said if the people in his country could see him now being a present parent and yeah. being active he in raising the child diapers. Yeah. he has to do feedings in the middle of the yeah. night this is all stuff where in his culture he's like this is not the man's job it's and, a culture shock and i know a lot of guys in america american men that are like oh you change diapers like yeah, but yeah. yeah, damn right. Yeah. You better be changing Change diapers, diapers. right? Not, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not the hardest thing in the world, and it's like, yeah, I have, don't know. Have you ever gotten any pushback from from I guess people? Like, do they ever talk crap to you about being a stay at home dad? No, I'm no. Good. I think that's I, yeah. I think yeah. I think that's like a young. That's a young ignorant thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's a young dude. Yeah. That doesn't know would probably say something like that. Like oh, oh, you never catch me changing a diaper. Okay. Right. Um. And like I'm 35 now, so now I'm just surrounded by you know. Yeah. Woke ass people. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just surrounded by adults. I know what it is. You know yeah. what I mean? And I have like, especially in my job, like my buddy, Eric Rivera, he's a very funny comedian. He has two boys and he's a stay at home dad and his wife works, you know? So like, I have a support group there that yeah. I can, I lean on him for advice and stuff. Right. Now, Mal, you were raised by your mom, a single parent. Your parents got divorced when you were pretty young, and your dad hasn't really been present for most of your life. Right. How has that affected you as a dad, as a father? I don't know yet. You know what I mean? That's to be determined. I think that I I know... I know I speak for a lot of guys that were raised by just their mom. It, it puts... Um, um, it instills this just responsibility to want to be better and not, you know, have our kids r- be raised the same way. Like, I'm yeah. so stoked to be around and be involved, and I can't imagine not. Mm-hmm. And so I had a pretty good example of what not to do, and so I'm just pretty committed to being the to being opposite of him and then also just the the least crazy version of my mom possible, you know? Good luck. <laughs> Mal's mom is Japanese. She is very Asian. Yeah, she is, she's crazy. All moms are crazy. 
every single one of us describe our moms as being crazy. There's like 5% of you out there that are like, my mom's my best friend and you're weird. I want to let you know that because your mom is crazy in the best way possible. So I'm just trying to get all of the... All of the good nuggets out of her and, and try to avoid the crazy ones. I just feel like, especially, moms are crazy. Let's all accept that in the most loving way. But when you add another layer of being an Asian mom on top of that, like I could speak from, for, from experience with my Vietnamese mother. She's crazy, but <laughs> yeah. I can see parts of me becoming her, which I'm like, no, yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I do it without even realizing mm-hmm. it. You can't help it. You can't. You can't help it because they they have such a big impact on your life. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're all sort of learning from scratch how to raise these kids, but we're also just going off knowledge of like what the, you know, what our parents did and in the Asian culture, the mom has a lot to do with what's going on. And so you're going to be just, you know, oh, yeah. like regurgitating a lot of the stuff that she did. And so you have to just govern yourself on <laughs> if is, you're being crazy or not. Is that hard for your dynamic with Carlene? Because it's hard on me and Steven. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely different. I, there's definitely uh, Carlene's white, just for some background for the listeners. And. Um, I mean, she's definitely had a different upbringing than me, culturally and just literally. I think just finding compromise in the, because Asian culture is kind of rigid, like we do things a certain way, and it's been done a certain way for tens of hundreds of thousands of years. (laughs) This is how we do it. Right, because there's things that that Stephen and I struggle with that drives me crazy Uh is when I, we have the same fight about this, is because... I want something done. Like when I ask him to do something for the house or for the baby, mm-hmm. he is so lax with it. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll just do it. I'm like, just do it. Like it takes it takes like a minute to do. Go take yeah. out the trash. Can you grab the box of wipes? Like it's you know, and and he doesn't understand why it needs to be done immediately. Right. You know, but for me, growing up, it's like, okay, your mom said go do this. You go do it now. Yeah. You know, and that's something that I need to, I know I need to relax with, but also if he could just meet me halfway on it, we'd be solid. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) meet me halfway, bro. That's like a cultural thing too with him because he's like, not only was he not raised Asian, but he's also like the youngest in his family. And so if you're the baby of your family, you've just had a different life than everybody else in your family. It's a lot easier. There's like a lot less that is expected of you. And so it's, that's sort of. I think you're fighting a little bit of that. Yeah, well. yeah. Uh, I know, I know. And you know, and I'm sure if you hear from him, he'll tell you why I'm so crazy. I'm a crazy Asian mom already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's definitely called me the same thing. Yeah, no, cra- <laughs> a crazy Asian mom for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You know, if there's one thing that you want, Kalino, to remember about you as a dad, mm-hmm. what would it be? Um... I don't know. I don't know what one thing, like I can't put a finger on one thing, but I know for a fact I just want him to be proud of me and yeah. just know that I did that I did my best, you know, yeah. and um you not know. remember you as a crazy Asian mom. Yeah, not I mean <laughs> I mean I'm sure he will remember crazy things that I do, but yeah. I think as we get older we sort of appreciate why our parents did whatever they did yeah. cuz um and so I hope that he's just proud and just understands the sacrifice that both Carlene and I um, make so he could have a life that's better than ours and just, 
Yeah, I just hope I think he's that's proud. what every parent wants, right? Yeah. To, to that, your kids like, what do you to have want? What do you want, a better life. What do you want? Um, you know, uh, the same. I want him to to just remember how much he he's loved, and. I, why do I feel like we're talking like it's our funeral? Yeah. By the way, you said um, because the way you phrased the question, <laughs> what do you want him to remember about you? I'm like, how long have I been dead, dude? <laughs> I know. You know, like, what's your legacy, right? Yeah. I want him to be a good person. Yeah. I want him to love people. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's the ultimate goal is if if we make a good person. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. So that's. I mean, that's what we're all striving for, and some of us are are taking it more serious than others. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unfortunately. And since, I mean, you're half Japanese, you were mm-hmm. raised a lot with Japanese traditions. Shame. Yeah. <laughs> Shame. Yeah. Shame. I was going to say, are you going to teach Kalino that? <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, I've already said I love you more to Kalino in seven months than I've been told by my mom in Your 35 years. Yeah. Uh, so I don't want him to be soft. As soon as he understands words, I will tell him that I love him, but I will tell him that he's not the best. <laughs> I think we have a responsibility to tell them when they're not good. Of course. But we course. don't. Oh, my God. You pooped. I oh, smell it. parent life. smell it. That's the thing that you get. And the parents listening know. It's like, like your nose becomes very keen to mm-hmm. the breeze. You're mm-hmm. like... Ah, oh, is that a little bit of poop I, I smell? Baby poop is a very specific... Very distinct. Um, very, very distinct smell. But yeah, I want to make sure that I tell him. I tell him when he's the best, when he's awesome, but also tell him when he can improve. And I think that that's what we're lacking Yeah. in parenting. It's like you see a lot of kids that were just told how awesome they are and how much they're loved. And it's like, okay, cool. But also... If you guys can't tell, Mal is the type of parent who is against participation trophies. Yes, heck right? no. It ain't happening. You gotta earn it. I will crush those in his face. <laughs> but I'll tell him I love him and that's why I'm doing you'll it. Tell him, you'll love him <laughs> yeah. as you're crushing this, it. This is how much I love you. <laughs> you didn't deserve this. Yeah. Crunch, crunch, throw it away. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, Mal, thank you so much for being on the podcast with this me this awesome. week. Um, if you guys haven't heard Mal's comedy yet, I mean, I, I I may sound biased because he's my best friend, but in a very subjective way, Mal's comedy is fantastic. You got to look him up on YouTube. You can see his jokes there. You can uh, see his daily vlog, which he works really hard on and is amazing at. Uh, and also tell everybody where they can catch you because they can see you in San Diego this weekend and in two weekends, right? Yeah, this weekend and next weekend I'm performing. I'm headlining uh, the La Jolla Comedy Store this Sunday, so that's January 19th, and then I'll be at the Grand Comedy Club in Escondido on the 24th and 25th uh, with Lachlan Patterson from um, Last Comic Standing, hilarious comedian. Um, and then I just do shows all around town. Follow me on Instagram at Mal Hall, M A L H A L L, YouTube, um, uh, Mal Hall TV on YouTube to check out the vlogs mm-hmm. there. And uh, and yeah, like if you're one of the the lady wives that listens to the podcast and you stay at home and you want to sister wives, sister, sister wives. wives, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're one of the sister wives, and you're a stay-at-home sister wife, and you're trying to like join me and the other moms on the walk at Mission yeah. Bay Park. Hit me up on Instagram. <laughs> Just bring Mel your yeah, bring your yoga pants and your lattes. Uh, and Mel does. That's Kalina right there. He's saying goodbye. Uh, but Mel does do a, a comedy show. He produces one uh, in downtown at Tipsy Crow. It's a gas lamp comedy show. The last Friday of every month. So if you would like tickets to that, hit me up. I'll get you guys tickets. All right. 
Wait, is they're that gonna okay? Pay, they're gonna pay, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a boy to feed. <laughs> Can't you hear me? He's crying for food right now. <laughs> uh, thank you guys uh, again for listening. As always, you can follow me at Dorothy on Air. Uh, follow the Real Housewives of Radio at Real Wives in Radio. Uh, by the way, Tanya does say hi. She says she's doing well, her and the baby, and that she's looking forward to checking in with you guys really soon. She's excited to tell her birth story, and um, hopefully, we'll get to talk to her within the next few weeks yeah so we hope to have her back soon yeah come mouth off i'm just kidding kidding. get this man lady wife out of here we'll talk to you guys next week Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 